Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. Uh, I'm your host for today, Rich Polly, back once again from beyond the Atlantic. Um, and joining me today is Ben Hibbert. Hello He's there. Oh, sorry, I, I couldn't laughing. mute myself quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> He's had to mute himself because he keeps just having inappropriate outbursts. <laughs> and also joining worse. Us. I'm only laughing. <laughs> Also joining us today is a young man from across the Atlantic, Chris Patrick. How's it going, Chris? Hey, not too bad. I'm a bit exhausted, but I, uh, I'm ready to go. Uh, I mean, what, it's three in the afternoon there. That's that's like a, either a really late finish or a really early start for a student, isn't it? Pretty much. I mean, I just got up from a nap not too long ago. Since my flight was, well, like 6.30 in the morning. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was coming back from the Nova Open, wasn't it? That's correct. All right, cool. So we're going to talk about Nova um, in a little bit. So that was the most recent of the um, U.S. Uh, qualifiers, uh, World's qualifiers that happened. Um, and there was also another couple in Europe. So there was one in... Italy and Rome, and there was one in Amersfoort or something like that in Amsterdam. And there were people from the UK who went to the two European ones, uh, so friends of the podcast um, who've been on before. Um, and uh, so we'll, we'll hit on those. Um, but the reason we've got Chris on, because Chris is a friend of the podcast and has... Uh, been, have you been on before, Chris? Uh, no, this is my oh. first time on. Oh, 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 you finally, you finally earned the invite. In more ways than one, <laughs> um, is because Chris won the Nova Open. Congratulations, mate! Thank you, thank you. I never want to fly chaff in person ever again. So that was. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I got it done and over with. But now it's like your signature list. So like everybody. It is, yeah. I did see that in. I think it was. Was it the final? No, the semi. What was it? The final where it was just like a a mound of tokens and trying to balance the chaff cloud on top of it. <laughs> yeah, so I think I launched a chaff cloud on t- onto a uh, gas cloud, which a ship then moved onto and dropped thermals. <laughs> nice. It was it, it it was like a it was like a pyramid where the, it just you know just keeps stacking towards a point. Towards You're the trying top. to go do the one bomb bridge. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't say in the rules that I can't pile them on top of each other <laughs> and then fly under it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Um, anyway, so we 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 know what list you've flown because you've been flying it for a while across a number of different events, and you've had some success online. I know you've won a couple of online events with it as well. Um, but this is the first real life event. Can you just quickly skip through the list? Um, because it's disgusting. Um, and I've looked <laughs> down the barrel of it a couple of times. Um, Sorry. Um, yeah, so uh, it's a f- nasty first order list. Uh, Kylo Ren in the Whisper with instinctive, shattering, uh, predator, concussion missiles, optics, munitions, failsafe, and the uh, enhanced jamming suite config. Malaris in the tie with marksmanship and clusters. Uh, Scorch with predator, fanatical, optics. And then a pair of bombers, Dread and Grudge, both of them with Electro Chaff, Skill Bombardier, and Proximity Mines. And Grudge has enough loadout for elusive and automated target priority. Okay. So the long and the short of this list is that you fly at people, you launch chaff at them in a way that can't be dodged because you've got Skilled Bombardier and you can boost before you chuck it with a five straight or a three or a two or a four or a whatever, basically, you want to do. Um 
curving it all over the place if you need to. Um, it's very difficult to avoid it. And then when things have got no tokens between the chaff and Kylo jamming them, you then open up with a bunch of, with basically three hyper-modded three dice attacks. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's very potent. It's, uh, it's a one-two punch generally uh, yeah. for that first opening engagement. The shaft bombers come in, and I mean, the uh, I know there's a diagram that shows all the places that um, the first order bomber with a skilled bombardier can place chaff because um, it originally launches at the three bank or the four straight skilled that becomes a three straight, four straight, five straight, a two bank, or a three bank. In addition, with the system phase boost that is on the chassis, the pursuit thrusters, um, the umbrella is. It's basically your entire arc, yeah. Underneath, uh, so like as long as it's beyond like two bank or three straight, you can put it basically anywhere in your arc, and sometimes even slightly beyond. Yeah. So if you and want then... to dodge the chaff, you have to get to basically range one of the bombers, which then puts you in grave danger to get proxy mine in the system phase because they can boost past you and drop prox mines using aforementioned skilled bombardier again. So yep. you can two bank, two straight it to make sure it lands in front of people. So, and then Grudge, of course, gives you rerolls on those um, on those proxmine hits as well. So, yeah, all in all, it's fairly disgusting. Um, it's not an unbeatable list. Um, I know that you you would say that it is a very strong list, but I know that other people have tried to use it and haven't had the same success that you've had with it. Um, and certainly, when we played in the final of the Kyber Cup. I thought to myself, I could have won that if only I hadn't made that one big stupid mistake at the start. Um, but then you never know what's going to happen from turns three onwards if you make the big stupid mistake in turn two. Like yeah. anything could have happened. You know, the the alternate reality where I don't make the stupid mistake in turn two doesn't necessarily lead to me winning. It just leads mm-hmm. to me not losing the way that I lost. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic list. And I think that showed because... Um, a bunch of the XTC teams just basically lifted it wholesale um, for the finals. And we're just like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, we're just having that. That's strong. Um, and obviously, um, the list doesn't do all of the legwork. You had to play past some fairly well-known people um, in order to to win, win out. So you got um, you got the fun of playing against Duncan Howard in the semi-final. How, how did that go? Um, that was about as difficult as I, uh, had anticipated. He's a very, very good opponent. He knows how to fly. He came in with a pretty good list, Poe Raykova. I mean, mm-hmm. Poe Ray are, you know, two ships that you have to respect. Although the way that he built his Poe, I felt like I really didn't need to address him early on. Um, without maneuver, instead of proton torpedoes, there's not as much spike damage coming from yeah. him. Um, so as long as I simply just fly away as fast as I can um, and just deny range one shots because, you know, Poe with Poverdrive and all that is basically going to get his focus lock on those shots that he wants. So having that extra die from the torpedo is actually better than denying a defensive die, just mathematically speaking. Mm -hmm. Uh, 4v3 is better on offense versus a 3v2 if the offense is double modded. It only gets better once he gets into range one. That's when he gets his four and it denies uh, a die yeah. on my defense. So as long as I simply denied Poe range one shots, and I don't think he got a single range one shot off with Poe, um, 
he was either flying at range two, and once he got close enough, I simply just hard turned back on him and got a block. Yeah. So I, it was, it it was you know keeping Poe out of the fight for as long as I could. Kova yeah, I mean, being Kova. Oh, sorry. I I watched the um I watched the game itself, and it was it was interesting because there were a couple of opportunities where I thought to myself, you can either now just go hard for Ray, which you did, um, or you can turn back in. Um, because he's gonna slam. I thought he was gonna like black one slam pull in behind you. Um, but then I think you'd left one of your bombers just sitting a little bit backwards. Um, which meant that if Poe did then try and slam in behind you, he was in danger of prox mines. Um, so it, it was it was in a very interesting engagement. And I know you caught Ray with double chaff, which led led to her being double stressed, which then led to her being triple stressed because Duncan tried to sloop away from the chaff to stop it from affecting. Um, um, he actually never ended up triple stressed. He used Leia on that right. first sloop yeah. to make it white. So okay. it was Ray being double stressed but pointed at the board edge. Yeah. Um, she could still like boost away, but she had no room to do it. And with Grudge um, calling the sloop, blocking her, and then preventing her from running. Um, it was, you know, Grudge's two proximity mines that yeah. were able to get the kill. Yeah, I mean, that was the that was the hero moment, I think, for you, was calling that he was going to sleep there, because he had a lot of options, um, including just running over the chaff and saying, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm eating these, but they're only affecting me for one turn, and then I'm in the middle of the board and sleeping behind you and what whatnot. Um, but, you know, he opted to slip to the board edge, um, which was... A choice, I must admit, that I didn't think he would even consider. I thought he would look at the four straight and then boost past you sort of thing as a, you know, kind of runaway option with um, Ray being able to take actions even while stressed or boost actions while stressed. So, But anyway, it all worked out for you, so it was good. Um, yeah. And then the final was against um, Chris, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Sote? Sote, I believe. Sote. Um and he was also flying a resistance list. So I'm quite mm-hmm. happy because there's been a lot of resistance in Nova. I think six resistance lists made top 16, which was phenomenal. Um, yeah. It's all these Y-Wings. Y-Wings got, that we weren't sure about. You just got Richie's. Y-Wings that we weren't sure about, and they seemed a bit odd, and now they've got you know the loadout value and the cost that they need. The three-point Y-Wings are really, really strong. So, um, and, and Chris was using... I think he was using. Was it two in his list? Um, yeah. he had, no, he had three. He had the three uh, three pointers. Yeah, he had the three three pointers. Then he had Jarek, and then he had Ray as well. So the standard yep. Ray build, and then Jarek with concussions, targeting computer and overture modulators, and then what is basically a, a slightly a, a slightly different um, loadout for the Y wings because he's taken elusive um, and dropped to thermals um, to maintain. And and he's only got a dorsal turret on one of them, so he's he's not going for the full ion threat on two of them actually. He's not going for the full, yeah, not going for the full ion threat. He's rather just trying to use them to push, just to push damage by the looks of it, um, and survive just a little bit longer than they should while soaking up damage, so that Ray can come in and punish stuff. But, um, so I mean, well done to Chris for getting to top table. Um, how how was the final? It looked quite chilled out game, to be honest, watching it on stream. Oh yeah, I mean, Chris and I were having a grand old time. Uh, probably the most fun match that I had all weekend. He was such a such a nice guy, um, and we were, you know, we were going back and forth, and it was, um, 
like the atmosphere was very friendly. I was a lot more calm than I was in any of my uh, cut games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it came to the actual, you know, first engagement where he, you know, had Ray boost around and he had his he had his Y wings uh, boost up. He had his Ray boost up, and then they just got chaffed right from the get go. And then the Y wings fell into the grinder that is Kylo, Malaris, and Scorch at range one. Yeah, I think you'd sort of got that game decided pretty early on from the outside. That's what I think we all saw. That sort yeah. of second, third engagement, I think he jumped just so far ahead. It was hard for him to really make any realistic comeback. Um, yeah, I was I was very surprised that I'm not sure if Kristoff uh, had seen other first order lists before, um, or had you know flown against them at um, Nova. But what was uh, actually? I'm just going back through. He did play Andrew Cox, who was flying a variation of my list. Um, but the chaff is, um, you know, exponentially stronger when you cluster your ships together. So when he put all of his three Y-Wings in a single block, um, I had Grudge just across from them, and Dread able to come in and chaff as well. So I had one chaff from Dread hit all three of his Y-Wings and deny them their tokens for the turn. And I had uh, Grudge throw the chaff at Ray, and Ray ended up landing on the chaff, denying her her locks for the turn and stressing her, preventing her from, well, I mean, not really preventing her from slooping, but there was a gas cloud there and Malice was, was there, but it l- kind of limited what Ray could do. But mm-hmm. landing on that chaff and denying all those Rose locks that she would get from shooting was a huge point where I don't think Ray did any damage on that turn. Um, on the on the first turn, she did the four straight boost, got a shield off Grudge. But on that second turn, when she really needed to get into the fight, and when my guys were punching their hardest, Ray rolled nothing. Yeah, because it all comes down to those free locks when she gets those range one bangers, doesn't it? It's you know, yep. you're you're almost hoping that somebody will shoot at her the turn before and actually take the range three shot into the front arc heroic ray, so she can bounce the shot, not take any damage, and have a lock for the next time. Um, and then it suddenly becomes a, oh no, how do I stop my ship from eating the five dice double modded range one shot from Ray, which is what's about to happen. But um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting just scrolling through the list that made top cut at, at, um, at Nova. Um, there were a couple of first order lists, very, very similar looking things um, to, to yours, you know, Malaris, Scorch, Grudge, Dread, Kylo, some variants in, um, in, in loadouts with um, a couple of players. Uh, yourself included going for shattering shot Kylo um players going for extreme maneuvers um then as I mentioned before a bunch of resistance stuff and then a whole heap of Imperials um I mean it's I'd like to say there's a bit of variation but there's not really <laughs> there's not really um there's like kind of three or four archetypes that are just kind of rinsing it which is Vader plus a bunch of other things or Vader plus some other things um bit of a shout out to Kyleggers though Double defenders, so Vader, Rex, Lauren, Palp with Vizier, Vizier and Palp. Um, so, like back to the old days of version one X-wing, basically that near enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he's made cut. So, anyway, nicely done. Um, I'm gonna move on 
and very brief. Oh, Ben, have you any questions for Chris about his uh, his run? No, no. Um, I mean, we all know it's a great list, and he's done really well with it. Yeah, and I, I was trying to allude to it earlier on, not to blow too much too much smoke up your butt, but you know, you are a very accomplished player of X Wing, um, and you know, the list gets you so far. You know, making the right meta call um, and being capable of playing a list to its maximum potential, but you still have to execute a game plan against some of the best players um, that you that you've played against. So you know, it's absolutely not taking anything away from you when we talk about the list being disgusting. Though it is, um, but you need to have oh, you, need, you need to have a disgusting pilot to go with a disgusting list. Yeah, but, but everyone else can also fly a disgusting list, can't they? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. but it, it feels like this does feel like the kind of list where if somebody just picks it up because they hear it's good and turns up to an event with it, and then they end up really salty in the one and five yeah, and yeah. four tables at the end of the day, um, and they can't understand why it's not worked for them because they they haven't got how it works. Um, because it seems very simple on the surface, but I think there's just layers of complexity to it and triggers. I think the biggest thing people miss is the the firing the chaff and then turning away to drop the bomb the next turn. Yeah, like a lot a lot of people don't see that coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got it's just reps and kind of knowing where you can map out. Um, there are a couple things like you know if you launch it on a three bank, a straight clears, which I. I showed off in the final. I did a boost with dread, three banked the chaff towards the Y wings, and four shredded past. So that way, the chaff cleared all of the Y wings. Um, yeah. Well, landed directly in front of all the Y wings, and dread didn't hit it. Had that opportunity to, you know, go past them, and because you know a couple of them got stressed, they couldn't boost away, and dread was able to drop a proximity mine onto one of those Ys. Yeah, yeah. As One I said, question filth. before we move on: mm-hmm. What made you? What was there any? Did you think about taking your scum list at all, or was you always taking this list? I I did have a good good think about whether to take my scum list. I think my uh, foe list is just better for what we're seeing right now. Is a whole bunch of you know Tie Fighters, Vader Defender. My scumless is not as good against those, even though I have played against them and won. It's, I mean, to beat my scumless, it takes just someone to analyze and figure out, hey, all right, the scumless has a lot of moving pieces, but I'm going to look at that and I'm going to realize I probably shouldn't shoot at Mando on the first engagement. And I probably shouldn't shoot at Manaru. And once you kind of analyze, hey... I know where my priorities lie, and I know how to get around this list. I only have a lot of firepower coming out of you know those two main ships. Cad Bane's a great control piece, but if he becomes the main focus, he dies really quickly. And that's the same with Gamut. Like Gamut's there coordinating every turn, um, and can die quickly. Uh, meanwhile, my first order list not only hits with every ship across the board, um, is capable of doing damage. And my list is genuinely very difficult to kill. Um, bombers boost away. TIE Fighters have three agility. Evade. Kylo's Kylo. Um, going back, over my four cut games, I lost a single ship. It is incredibly difficult to kill quickly. And yeah. all five of my ships can put out a lot of firepower. I think some somebody was talking about your dice being hot in the final or maybe the semi-final yes. and yes. Uh, but, my, but my, I my red specifically my but red the, specifically 
the thing is, though, it doesn't insane. matter. It doesn't matter, though, does it? It doesn't matter what you roll. You're probably doing three hits anyway. Um, yes. With with three of your ships, you know, if you line up um, optics, fanatical, um, or predator, fanatical, or um, instinctive aim, optics plus force, you've got three ships. That unless you're double blanking on something, you're probably getting three hits. And even then, you might have a lock from something else anyway, or from before. Um, so you know, you've got so many options for rolling your attacks up. Like Malaris's punch, uh, big punch attacks come when. Yeah. She triggers her um, her pilot ability, um, and then is rolling a double modded and a single modded um, cluster missile into two ships, um, mm-hmm. and it's depressing playing against Malarus because if you, as Ben said to me earlier, if you fly into the nonsense that Malarus can do, you deserve what happens to you. Um, <laughs> you basically need to try and make Malarus spend her charges on defense. Um, on the op, you know, where you're like, well, I could shoot Malaris here, so you spend it, and then you go, but now I'm going to shoot somebody else instead, and now you know I've minimised the value that you're getting from this. But I've lost games in the past against people um, flying this Malaris. It might have even been Ben, um, where I was just like, yeah, I'm going to shoot that, and then nothing happens. Fire your entire list into Malaris for one shield or something, and then you're just like, oh, what is going on here? It's um, amazing how often people let you get the cluster missile with Malaris off. Yeah, like the the double cluster missile. Yeah, it's just a single Tie Fighter. What can it do? That's the thing. But it's an I five. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, she's so good. cheap. As as long as you get all your charges off, you don't really care if she dies, do you? Yeah. No, not at all. I mean, scorched Malarists. I yeah, marksmanship on those clusters, and those marks that marksmanship came in huge um, in many of my games. Being able to put those crits through early. Um, like getting the fuel leak into the direct hit on the Y wing was yeah that was I mean it was going to die anyway because if it didn't you'd yes. drop the bomb and it wouldn't you but yes. it couldn't have it couldn't have uh, fallen any better then <laughs> yeah um that was that was very very lucky um but I didn't feel worried that I was winning based off lock I was winning because I had gotten the Y wings exactly where I wanted them. Yeah, and, yeah, you know they got they got into the scrum of it while uh, Jaeger wasn't able to get any concussion missiles off, and Ray was stuck on chaff and stuck bumping ships. I think although we we said you did have hot dice, even if you had average dice, I, I feel like you would everything had lined up. So even an average turn, you were still quite ahead. Yeah, it was just a lot. Like I had a lot of unspent tokens at the end of the turn. Yeah. yeah. Um, like that I annoys, have a Predator. That, that annoys Ben, by the way. <laughs> it's like, Do I don't know. care if you've got Predator and the Lock and the Focus and the Optics. What's worse is you rolled four hits out of hand. You had the mods to get four hits, and it would have been fine <laughs> if you'd spent them to get four hits, but you just rolled four <laughs> hits out of hand. It gets really annoyed. That tilts you, like, doesn't it? It, it does It does really get on my nerves. I don't know why it bothers me so much. I know. Sean does it to me a lot. Um not another one of the locals. He does it to me a lot. He just goes, right, got lock focus. Oh, four hits. And I'm like, can you stop that? And he's like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not sorry. All right. We're going to move on then. Uh, we're going to have a quick um, chat through um, the, the, the Dutch Open and the Italian Open. We'll start with the Italian Open. PIFA was asked us to thank Chris Mitchell for traveling over from Brighton to Italy um, for uh, for running it and for everybody else who, who helped um, it to be. 
uh, facilitated one of the smoothest events ever. Yeah, so Chris has been marshalling and head judging um, the top level uh, UK events for like five five plus years. So he knows what he's doing. He did Um, Germany as well. Yeah, so I think he's doing all of the European qualifiers, um, which is all right for him, getting a bunch of weekends away, probably paid he's, for by Asmodee. He's a really nice guy as well, though, so... Yeah. you know, I mean, he's Canadian, so it's to be expected. Well, he's, you know, I've seen some of the pictures of uh, what Wavem Cormac, so maybe he's not really... <laughs> <laughs> Cormac was having great fun with the big XTC trophy with Italy oh. written on it, covering, covering Italy with his finger, but just leaving the eye and going, Ireland? Um, I wonder if he brought the little. He always brings like a, a cut out of Cormac. Yeah, he's got a laminated <laughs> Cormac. Yeah, <laughs> every event that travels with him to every event and stands on the match results um, box, um, so that he can be there in, in spirit, if not in person. Um, also, quite funny was that Dale left his template tray in Germany, yeah, uh, and went home. I give the template tray to Chris, who then forgot to take it to uh, Rome with him. <laughs> I mean. I'm pretty sure Dale and Chris live around the corner from each other. So, I mean, obviously not close enough to get the tray before he went. No, no. I mean, that would involve going out, you know, not working on a kitchen. But that's Dale, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so Italy actually had a massive um, turnout of um, French uh, people. So a huge, huge group of French players went over as well um, as a few. Uh, so Dale, obviously, and Cormac went from the UK. Um, and possibly a few other people um, that I don't know of. Um, so Cormac, page open. Cormac missed cut, Dale made cut. Um, there's a lot of recognisable names uh, from the Italian X-Wing scene um, back playing, as well as uh, Fabian, uh, your favourite Bond villain. Fabian um, was at Germany. Fabian's a great guy. Do you know Fabian yeah. did? He played the X-Wing, and then day two he played Armada. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Fab- Fabian's up. great. I really enjoy it when Fabian turns up. The accent is one thing, but he is a really nice guy as well. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they went to top eight, um, I believe. Um, and it was won in the end by, I need to get this right. Oh, which, who won it? Oh, my brain's gone. Wasn't, wasn't Nicholas Duran second? So Nick Duran was second. Uh, my brain's absolutely gone. Who the winner was. I'll find out um, off of it. Um, Dale made cut and got knocked out, I think, in the first round of cut. It seems to be um, his new thing, that. Doing a pocknell. That was the old... Uh, that was the old Ollie thing. Uh, so it was um, Daniel... Pocknell Al- either won or came... Knocked out first, weren't he? Yeah, he was knocked out in first round of cut, or he wins worlds. That's yeah. it. Looks like Fabi made cut as well. Yeah. So, um, n- yeah, Nick Nick Durand was the the other finalist, and and Daniel um, Kurtol Alzueta Kurtol, possibly. Um, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to stick with it. Shout um, out to um, Quarantine as well, making another cut. Yeah, he's a good player, Quarantine. He's a great um, guy. Yeah. By God, is he in shape? Have you seen him in person? Uh huh. Jesus Christ, he puts me to shame. I mean, yeah, he does. Um, he does arts, He it? does um, crab, crab maga, um, yeah. as well as a bunch of other things. So yeah, he's um, he's, and complains he's very... about wine quality. 
He's got no spare. Well, that's only because he's French. That's just like <laughs> um, No, he's a nice guy, though, as well. He is. He's a lovely man. He came over to the Sith Taker Open and was uh, mm. great company when the, I got to spend some time with him. So um, shout out as well to um, Aurelian Cowdery, who I've been chatting to a lot and is another one of our uh, French uh, listeners who keeps meaning to come to the Sith Taker Open, but things like COVID get in his way. So um, Also we'll a really nice him. guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I it's, almost like, Germany. it's almost like the X-Wing community has got nice people in it. Just um, in side events, but... Yeah. <laughs> Only nice people in the side events. Yeah. Well, it was funny because when we were signing up, um, he, he told them his name twice, and he just went, I just, just put whatever, I'm not bothered. Just put anything. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't really matter at this point. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, I mean, a bit of a shark tank in uh, in Italy. Um, yeah, day I was one just was scanning through. I was quite surprised at how many names I'm recognising. Yeah, day day one was quite small. It was only 17 people played in day one, so it was a bit of a bit of a weird one. But um, day two was um, like 35, uh, actually nearly 40 people. Um, so you know, it was um, like 55 people total, which is relatively small. But I think, given the Italian response to version 2.5. Um, it's a reasonably good turnout. Um, Travelling's hard at the moment as well. Like, like me and Tim said, after ours, we're going to wait to do it again. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, we had, I think we had two flights cancelled, and on the way home, we were a bit like, ooh. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, we've got three or four reasonably good, um, bigger size events coming up um, yeah. for the next kind of four or five months from, in the UK. So um, we don't need to travel just to play X-Wing. We're only travelling because we want to. Um, it's fun though, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Um, so, congratulations once again then to uh, to Daniel uh, for winning and um, to uh, Nick for coming second. Did you see Nick's list, by the way? I was just was is Daniel's the rebel utterly, list? Utterly, utterly filthy. So Daniel Daniel used a rebel thing. Nick has got two reapers and I think five tie fighters. Yeah, he's talked about this in um, yeah. the Discord we're in, hasn't he? Yeah, so he's got Feroff and Vizier. He's got Palp and he's got Seventh Sister. And then he's got he, basically that Vader plus five ties list. You break Vader down into two Reapers. He's just um, showing off that he can get hold of a second Reaper. <laughs> Owning the plastic. I own this. I own this. It's like people who fly the four resistance transport lists or the... You know the the five whisper list. There's Dave Sutcliffe with his five whisper list sometimes. Yeah. Um, Do you know just, it always annoys off. me with the Reaper because I nearly bought a second one when they come out, and I was like, oh, I don't need one right now. It's five, and then they never come back out. Yeah. Dave got the whispers really cheap. People sold them off before they realised how good they were. Do you remember when they first come out? Everyone thought they were rubbish. Yeah. And then some scrub from America did did all right with them, and everyone realised they were actually much better. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Thingy, um, Kester Smith did well at the last Sith Taker Open, like with a list that had, I think, two yeah. in it. Yeah, I remember um, that one. He tabled yeah. me. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh yeah. So it's the um. He's the reason it, I didn't make cut. Because he tabled you. Yeah, because my MOV was so poor. If you'd got a single point off him, but you didn't. He two hundred nil. Yeah. You. I literally needed one point. <laughs> Raging. I know. Um, so that's it, Lee. Um, the other one that we talked about is the Dutch Open. Um, we so we to touch the winners list. We didn't mention winners list. Oh yeah, go on. You you can run through it. It's so, it's five rebels, isn't it? Yeah. So we've got wedge with elusive predator, protons, R four, 
Fenrau with Swarm Tactics, uh, Tristan Wren, I don't even know what that does, Dutch Vander with Tefron, Belly Run, Dorsal, Plasmas, R3. And the, the key piece here is Aaron Kraken with Elusive and Plasmas, and then we've got Arvel. Yeah. So, so the what I gather is what happens is Fenrau, Swarm Tactics, Aaron, Aaron shoots and then coordinates uh, I6 during combat. Or you coordinate Dutch and uh, you swarm tactics Dutch so that he can um, shoot his plasmas, his torpses six as well as wedge. Well, Aaron's got plasmas as well for the same reason. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, well, I think Chris was going to say something. Then we. Yeah, I, I was going to say that you, uh, Aaron and Dutch both have plasmas, so it's just a matter of who you want, who's got a better shot. I mean, obviously, you probably want Kraken going first. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, it's, um, it's really scary. Plus Arvel's in there. Yeah. He, uh, he's a, he's a good blocker, especially with all those, uh, torps coming in. Yeah. There's a lot of actions in that list. It's, it's, it's a rebel action efficiency. Um, coming back once again, isn't it? Um, so it's, it's funny. A... It's, it's similar to the list that I took to, um, the UK, the, the games expo, except yeah. they've taken Luke and split him down into two extra ships. And that's interesting because it's one of those things with the 20-point list building that people have said, you know, in Rebels, you start with Luke and Wedge and then you build out the rest of your list from there. Um, you know, with Imperials, you start with two ISP Jingoists and Wampa and build the rest of your list out from there. <laughs> um, but, you know, somebody's taking a Rebel list where he's taking Wedge but not taking Luke and then building out from that. So putting something slightly different out. And I think we'll see that in a couple of the other lists that have done well in in the Dutch one as well. So nice segue. I'm one literally putting that list into my builder right now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, two shout outs, first of all, um, from UK players that we know listen. So um, Dan Athey topped Swiss. Um, so Dan's, I think, been on the podcast before, but a, a while ago, um, he was the uh, he was the 5-0 player Um at the uh, at the Dutch Open, they only had the one day of Swiss, um, so he was flying a, a resistance list with um, three Y wings, Ray and and Jaeger, um, in a fireball, um, and then also massive congratulations for his first ever cut, and it got better than that um, to uh, Alex, Alex Bolton. Bolton. Alex Steve Bolton. Bolton's friend. Steve I was nearly the biggest Steve's, cheat in X wing. Steve's son, not his friend, his son. I didn't say it to his friend. I say his friend. You did. Oh, well. I mean, they might still be friends. I'm friends with my dad. And they, they do travel to X-Wing games <laughs> together in, in Amsterdam. So, you know, they've, they've got to get on quite well. But, um, yeah, so Alex is... It's, or his wife made him Take the boy with you. <laughs> I want a day off. Um, so it, um, I, th- I believe um, from some of the posts I saw on Facebook that this was um, Alex's first time he'd made cut at a big yeah, event. Yeah, that's what I saw. Um, and not only did he make cup, but he also got all the way to top table. So he he made final table where he lost out to Fan Langalan, the final boss of Dutch X-Wing. Um, <laughs> so uh, reset the raid and try again for next year, everybody, because uh, Fan's won again. Um, so it's interesting because Fan beat Dan Athey in top four, um, but Dan had absolutely brutalized Fan in Swiss. He beat him like 26-4 or 24-6 or something in Swiss. Um, and Fan, being the world-class player that he is, obviously learned a lesson um, about what not to do against shattering trickshot Ray. 
um, I mean, did something different instead. Barnes quite well known, isn't he, though, for going losing a game and then rethinking and going back and doing it very differently. Yeah. Like, I've yeah. watched him on stream make a really big mistake against someone, and then next time he's absolutely battered him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's no shame in losing to him. No, he's a very good player. Um, I don't really need to talk about Dan's list because I've basically just explained it <laughs> in like five words there, shattering trick shot Ray. Um, there's other ships in the list as well. Um, fans list is one that I do want to dwell on for a second. Um, it's worth pointing out that Alex Bolton flew the seven, uh, the Martin Chivers seven um, tie swarm. So still a really good list. Um, and he knows what he's doing with tie swarms from all accounts from people that have been talking about his run over the last couple of days. So, um, so well done to him uh, for flying what is quite a challenging list very well over the course of uh, an entire weekend. Now, fans I list. I just wanted you to know that I'm proud of you for skipping over that resistance list. I know it must have really hurt you to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's very similar to so many other things. No, no, no you've had your moment. Pass you on. know, come on, come, um, on, come on, keep going. Like, I believe in you. Three Y wings, Jarek. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, fans got Anakin so fan, so fans list is it's it's Republic <laughs> Lat plus three, right? So that's your that's your basics. It's Republic Lat plus three. The Lat is the interesting bit because he's got C three PO, he's got Corky Cries, Agile Gunner, Seventh Fleet Gunner, and Synchronized Console. Now it's not the full levels of nonsense that you can get out of a Hound, which I'll I'll talk about in a second. He's then got Anakin Skywalker with the 7B Ether Sprite, so the 3 attack, 2 defense, with Crackshot, R4P17, which is the one I can never remember what it does. And, and is it sh- not the, you can do a action after a red maneuver. Yes, yep. that feels right. Yep. Um, and then a shield upgrade, so he's got 7 health on that, on that ship. Then he's got Obi-Wan Kenobi in a CLT um, Ether Sprite with Elusive and RTD2. And then he's got Contrail in a V-Wing. Um, with Crackshot R7A7, which is the crit droid, delayed fuses, uh, Besh, and proton bombs. So a <laughs> whole bunch of stuff. So those three ships. So what you have in this list is Hound can take two calculates, or he can take a reinforce. If somebody then shoots at another ship that he's behind, he can yeet the reinforce forwards to Anakin or Obi or Contrail. So not only are you shooting into a ship that's got two or three green dice, they've also got a reinforce, and they've also possibly got a um, an evade token because they can all take evades, um, apart from Contrail, um, but never mind, because he's a three-pointer. So what's he even there for, except for to be killed? <laughs> he's, I mean, he's a blade of armor for the two Jedi, isn't he? Um, and then they've also got Seventh Fleet Gunner, plus synchronized console for chucking locks around. Uh, basically, um, and Corky's ability allows... Oh no, the, the other version of this that I've seen, instead of having C-3PO and synchronized console and Agile Gunner, has Satine, which basically allows you to have perfect knowledge, start of engagement, grabbing tokens, taking depletes, which then you suck off onto Hound, so your ship with the best shot gets the double modded stuff. Um, it's just so many moving parts and it's absolute nonsense and weirdly enough fan hasn't taken the most nonsense version which is the version with Satine in it so it, it, it's That's probably like implies, isn't it? oh it's it's horrible like Satine is ridiculously good with Hound 
um, because it's optional. So you just got, I'll just give that ship a focus and I'll put a deplete onto Hound and it doesn't matter. It's my, my lap that's not there to actually hit people. It's there to provide rerolls and support. So, I mean, this is, it's crazy good. I can see how um, Dan battered it because if Ray gets a range one into any of these ships, it doesn't matter. Just doesn't matter what they've got; they're going to die. So you know, props to Fan for however he figured out how to fly it. Um, maybe something to do with scenario. I don't know what scenarios were what, but yeah, it. Yeah, this is the kind of that. list. I look at this list and I think I'd love to fly that, and then I just know that I would be terrible with it. Like I, I, just I want to get try it. some more of the um, Republic stuff because I've not. I've been sort of shying away from it for a while. Yeah, I think I'm gonna dip my toe back in again. It's good. It's good now. It is really good. I'm staying um, out of the factions that I've been playing that I've been doing all right with just because I've got nothing mega to practice for at the moment. So Yeah. Um, I've got lots of toys. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, one of every, at least one of everything. <laughs> I haven't got this new Z95s yet. No, no, I've still not bought them. Just... I'm going to buy them tomorrow, but that's beside the point. I, I'm not. Uh, oh, did I tell you about a um, about a slave one when I was in Florida? Oh, you're slowly working your way into it. You know, you should have said I, I've got one. You could have. No, it's the Mandalorian faction. You see, it was actually cheap and there, so it was. And um, by cheap, I mean it cost the same in dollars as it would in pounds. So, and I mean, it's not as cheap as me saying I would have give you one. Yeah, that's true. Plus all the cardboard <laughs> and everything like that. Yeah, got it. It's, it's, it's new in box. Oh, fair enough. So, oh. my friend, a bit of a side story, but my friend at work found out I played this game. Um, and for Christmas, he went to Element to buy me something and saw that they had Slave One and it was cool. So, he bought me one. So, I didn't have the heart to tell him I've already got four. <laughs> <laughs> it seems a really nice thing to do, though. So, oh, cheers, mate. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Oh well, I might have it off you anyway, so I can I can try the old um, the old double fire spray. Why not? <laughs> give give I've it a blast. Got a double fire spray list back to play with tomorrow. Yeah. Oh dear, I'll not play against you then. I'm not sure um, whether I'm going to use that or not yet. I really <laughs> so want to anyway, try and pain out. <laughs> so while we've got while we've got Chris on the podcast, I do have to point out that I I wasn't I was in Florida as obviously I've been off for the last couple of weeks from the podcast. It was great. I went and met up with um with Chris and, and Andrew Lippins, I'm gonna say is his surname. Yep. Um from uh from Florida. They kind of we went to uh I I don't know, somewhere in downtown Orlando, which I was like far <laughs> far away from where I was, but it was kind of equidistant from like it was far away from everybody, basically. I think it's your it's your friendly local game store, isn't it, Chris? Yep. Yeah. So we, we went down there and I bumped into um, a bunch of um, X wingers. Um, so they have their casual league night, and I mean, I, I spoke to a guy called Matt. I'm going to remember um, who said some very nice things about the podcast. The rest of them just went, "Oh, thanks." When I gave them some Obi Wan cards and said, "I'm visiting here, some stuff." Um, so <laughs> they were like, oh, "All right, okay, thank you." Um, so and I met Sean, who's from um, parents are from like kind of Ireland and England, but he's US born and all this kind of stuff. And it was very interesting. But Chris, I have a bone to pick with you. I flew all the way across the Atlantic to Florida and drove to basically the middle of Orlando, like a hundred miles, to play X Wing against you in person. And what did you do? You brushed me off for a league game. I <laughs> did. Okay, I. I I did not realize how slowly that game was going to go, and I thought we had plenty of time left in the night. 
But apparently, <laughs> we, we did have plenty there. of time left. We did have plenty of time left when you started to play. <laughs> In fact, all right, all right, all right, all right. any opportunity so, I get to buff Rich off, I'm all over it. <laughs> all right. So we, I generally get there around six thirty. That like that's when people generally start mustering. The official like time that we're supposed to be there is seven. We don't actually like have dials down until like seven thirty, and then like they eight. play until in some games it was like eight o'clock. But they yeah. they do that they do that one game, don't they? Where it's like the, they have the league. You play one game a week, and that game starts at like seven thirty. And then by the time that game finishes, it's nine because it's run on a timer, like it's a tournament, like everybody starts and finishes at the same time, um, which basically plunks it right in the middle of, I can get three games in if I'm fast or two easily, um, casually. So I ended up playing Andrew twice. I had a great time. Chris looked really sad because he was forced to play double decimators um, <laughs> for basically an hour and a half. Did him play them or against them? But against them. I, I played against... Double Desi, and it was a very slow game. I was doing my best to kill everything as fast as possible, but alas, they are decimators. Yeah, they don't die. <laughs> Every time your opponent said, I'm going to take a reinforce, you're like, no! <laughs> yeah, come on. Lock lock me, dude. I'll lock you back. Let's just trade. Let's trade. Yeah, no, no, he wanted he wanted to take reinforces. But anyway, it was lovely. It was lovely to meet all the guys um over in that game store, which is called Sci-Fi Planet or something. Um, so it originally was called Sci-Fi City. It is now under a new business. I think so. Friendly local game store is like a game store chain. There's been a lot of drama. Apparently, like the week before I came back, um. For the new college semester, there were some uh, staff changes. Uh, basically, an entire staff, um, should I say, cleaning? Where okay. you know, um, someone was, some manager wasn't happy, and then they got fired and were replaced in like three hours. Oh, okay, nice. That's so mad. We just, we just can't do things like that over here. You just no, could, you could not do that at all. It doesn't employment work right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's Whenever crazy. I hear about things, I'm just like, what, really? Like it's yep. so it's so foreign to me. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know all the details. I wasn't there, so things have been moving around a lot recently. However, the game story has been growing, so we aren't really in a place to complain since we lost um a lot of players going from 2.0 to 2.5. Yeah. And, you know, that's about the time when the store changed hands and they have, you know, catered to us a lot and we've gotten most of our numbers back. I mean, there I was, think... what, about 15 or 16 people, if you include the guy who was T.O. and plus me and Andrew. Yep. That's not a bad amount, you know, like, is it? Yeah. I mean, we had a lot of games going on. We had about 20, I think, before 2.5. And then when 2.5 hit, we went down to 6 or 7. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so I mean, it's... it's it it goes to show what a, a store that supports you and a positive community does, basically. Yeah. Is that, you know, people keep coming back because ultimately it's plastic spaceships and we're playing with Star Wars stuff anyway. Um so yeah. Anyway, can I talk about how cool Galaxy's Edge is, by the way? Oh yeah, go for it. So like Chris can just back me up on this by going, yeah, because he's been as well. But basically, <laughs> you walk onto a Star Wars set, right? And the first time you walk onto it, your jaw drops open. Okay. 
and then you've just recovered and closed your mouth and you turn a corner and your jaw drops open again and that just repeats for basically an hour while you walk around it because every time you turn a corner there's a spaceship like there's a sheath of paid shuttle on a on a on an outcrop just parked and you don't even notice it at first because it's so far up out of the way like like it's really high up and you're like why have they even bothered and then you realize why they've bothered because they're disney and they can so they do (laughs) and then just when you think it can't get any better you you walk around a corner and there's a full-size millennium falcon and you're just like wow that's perfect and then you've just recovered from that and you've been on a couple of rides which are amazing and like literally make your face just explode with happiness the entire time that you're walking through them for the first time and then you walk around and you start noticing the little details like the toilets are themed star wars what a surprise you want to hang around in the toilet (laughs) so like all of the doors look like star wars doors with little panels with lights on next to them and, and they swish open and you know even the 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 place where you go and buy burgers and fries from has got you know star wars themed like eating like dishes and trays and the tables are old starfighter wings and the meat (laughs) on the barbecue is like there's a model of it being burned on an old disconnected engine that's being used as like the way to cook the food in this thing and then all of the little shops everybody talks about credits not dollars and cargo slips not receipts um, and I did the lightsaber building experience. And to find where that is, is a mission because it's not signposted. You have to ask. But if you say, where's the lightsaber building experience? They go, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. Lightsabers are illegal. And then don't answer your question until you actually say, I'm looking for Savvy's workshop. And then they go, oh, it's down there on the left in the little <laughs> discreet courtyard. And then they like do all this surreptitious, like handing you little cards and little pin badges and stuff that or like, you know, to make sure that you've checked in and that, you know, there's a, a logistical thing to it. But then you're standing holding this little piece of wood and you've got to hand it in when you go through the door. And then two first order stormtroopers walk into the thing and the, the staff just go, do you hide that? And, and you do, you hide it because there's a stormtrooper there. And if they know that you're going to make a lightsaber, you might get arrested because they just basically catch you up in the whole moment oh it's it's phenomenal plus the coke bottle comes uh, looking like a thermal detonator so that's cool like literally everything <laughs> yeah, they is are really cool and then we got to go into august cantina late at night my wife got a really late night booking which was a weird one because there was a um a, a discord meet for the third year of galaxy's edge and so there were a bunch of people in the park in cosplay and in fancy dress which normally you're not allowed to do it's like absolutely forbidden in disney you're not allowed to go and get dressed as a character or even looking like a character once you're over the age of about 12 because uh, they don't want people obviously mistaking tourists for for staff and, and not having the magical experience with them um but there were a whole bunch of people in dressed in like full cosplay like adults dressed in full cosplay um and that that was really cool because it brought a bit of atmosphere but we went in for this late night booking in the cantina had drinks that were bubbling and blue milk which was disgusting and um (laughs) you know all sorts of other things that we just ate but when we left there was only me my wife and two staff members in the park there was loads of people still in the canteen in the cantina who hadn't left yet but basically we walked out and they said right we'll walk you out and we walked the whole way through galaxy's edge and we saw not a single other person and just walking through it at night was so atmospheric and cool and it was just like the opportunity to just drink it in and be like this is amazing so i've got a picture of me standing in front of the millennium falcon with no other tourists no other lightsabers no nerds or anything just me standing in front of it it's amazing that's cool. anyway yeah i yeah. i would 
thoroughly recommend that anybody who gets the opportunity to go goes and and does it as like just as a star wars fan just go for one day and walk around and like i get that it's expensive but it's one of those things where you will just you'll remember like i'll remember it forever genuinely forever um because it's just phenomenal so and i bought prizes for the sith taker open while i was there so (laughs) exclusive (laughs) holocrons for the winner they're awesome there they look really cool. I, um, I kind of really want them. You're gonna have to try hard, or I just grab them and run, or or buy them for like 150 percent price off eBay from the people who buy <laughs> handfuls and then sell them to people who can't yeah, get to the we're, park. We're hoping to uh, take Willow when she gets a little bit older. What age? Is she? She's she's seven. She's, now, isn't she's she? seven. Yeah, but um, yeah. I don't feel like she'd do the flight yet. Yeah, I mean, like, how did yours do? Yeah, they're fine. They're fine at that age. Like, we had a problem five years ago until he was one, but she had her sixth birthday when she was in Disney. So, um, but she was absolutely, so she was five when she went out and six when she came back. Um, but she was fine because there's movies and TV shows and games and, you know, have a bit of a nap and watch some more, listen to some music. And I feel like your fine. children are a, a bit calmer than mine. <laughs> they're not, they're not um, overly calm. <laughs> but yeah. I know, but mine have got me for a parent. That's true. Um, <laughs> like gen- genuinely, I think eight upwards is probably the perfect age to take them. Like yeah, under yeah. eight, and I think they'd forget it. Um, but both the kids are now absolutely mad on Star Wars. We haven't stopped having lightsaber fights and building <laughs> lightsaber leg- uh, Star Wars Lego and stuff since we got back. Um, are you sad that they want to touch your toys? Oh, they're still not allowed to touch my Star Wars Lego. <laughs> um, and, and my expensive lightsaber is now away, and we're playing with their plastic ones. <laughs> so my wife bought us both a lightsaber for our wedding, which was quite cool. Yeah, yeah. I like I like the one I've made. I did find out after I got home, though, which is an idiot thing because I should have realized before I went, that <laughs> the kyber crystals that you can buy in the shop in Galaxy's Edge if you've got one of the Savvy's lightsabers, if you deconstruct it and change the kyber crystal in the middle, that changes the color of the blade. Um, and I was like, oh, I thought that I was just picking a little crystal for fun and then you somehow put a green blade in it. But no, um, I could have just gone and bought because I wanted a yellow one to go with the style that I designed in my head. And um, yeah, I couldn't have a yellow one. So I chose a green one. And then when I got home, I was like, oh, I could have spent 18 bucks and got a, got a yellow one as well so i just have to wait until the next person i know from the uk goes out to florida to go to the park and say buy me a yellow crystal um, <laughs> so i can trade it in but yeah anyway i'm gonna stop now because i'm either going to be making people jealous or bored because they'll be like i've never been or i've already been shut up so um so yeah um i have we got time and um, this is really aimed at tim have we got time to ask chris the questions about how he thinks about his approach to maneuvers yes okay <laughs> so just to some yes the voice from above so chris sometimes yes. we ask um our uh our guests um particularly guests who have done well so we like to ask how you think about um how you think about your planning phase and your your movements so like the the first question is when somebody says i'm back to dials or you know, the first time you pick up your dials to think about it, what's your thought process? Like, how do you compute? And appreciate that this is maybe a difficult thing to verbalize, um, but would appreciate it if you could um, maybe give a few tips to some of our listeners. Um, 
Yeah, so generally I am pretty fast with my dials. Um, the only time that I take is just, you know, double checking and rethinking. Generally, I'm planning my all of my moves in the engagement phase. So as soon as we say back to dials, I'll have like three of my five uh, mm -hmm. moves already planned out. So it's just, you know, thinking ahead and, you know, trying to find out, all right, where do I want the engagements to happen, you know, two, three turns from now? Um, so I'm not sure how, uh, how many people know this, but I played uh, chess for my high school team and I was really good. And I eventually got to a point where I could, you know, imagine, you know, scenarios in the board, like three, four or five turns out. So I can, I've, you know, translated that skill over to X-Wing where it's, all right, I can imagine all of my ships in their positions, well, you know, pretty close to their positions in, you know, the next few turns or so. And mm -hmm. so I can, you know, from there say, all right, where do I want the battle to be dictated? Where do I want certain ships to be engaging? Um, because time on target's always uh, a certain thing. Um, so I'll want some ships uh, bumping, trying to get those range zero shots while other ships are turning around. Um, it's mostly just a matter of target priority and location is um, kind of one thing where if you're looking at, you know, I play a lot on stream, Hexile, yeah. GSP, like you feel free to go back and watch my matches. Um, it's mostly where... I mean, in 2.5, now more than ever, you need to kind of take ships off the board rather than 2.0 where there was half points on everything. You know, in chance, you can get away with, you know, half points here and there and shifting priorities. But it's mostly, all right, what's going to be the best ship to take off the board first? You know, is it Ray? Is it Poe? You know, which one's going to be easier to catch? Which one can I, you know, theoretically kill in a decent amount of time? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean that all, so, yeah, go for it. So I was just going to say, so in that engagement phase where you're saying, you know, you, you've got a, like a general, let's say strategy where you're thinking, I want engagement to happen there. Um, a couple of turns happen, you've ruled that on, but you've got a little bit less clarity because, you know, you've either got the engagement that you wanted or, or you haven't because your opponent has slipped it or done something different than you were expecting. Um, you get to that point where you're in the engagement phase and you're thinking about what your dials are going to be for next turn while they're pondering target priority or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, what's your, what are you thinking about then? Are you thinking about where they are, where they could be, or do you think where I want to be and kind of hope that they're going to be where you go? Do you know what I mean? Like what, what's your, yeah. what, what's, what, what order does your brain work in? Um, so this kind of goes back to, um, it's generally a call and response sort of thing, so I need to figure out which player has momentum and which player has the most, I'd say, power to control certain scenarios. Mm -hmm. So if it were, you know, if I'm going up against, like, a Vader defender, that Vader has a lot of power to decide what happens in the game. All right? Mm -hmm. He can pick his target, he can eliminate it, and then I'm, you know, if I don't address him, he's going to go from there. So mm -hmm. I'll say, all right, I know what, like, all right, I have to figure out what Vader wants to do first, because he's the, you know, most impactful piece here. And I need to 
avoid him or I need to prioritize, you know, have at least some answer for him first before I go to everything else. Now, if it's like, you know, I'm going up against like a, a TIE Swarm, like straight TIE Swarm, no Vader, I've got a bit more power as to where I want to dictate things. I've got chaff. I've got, well, or with whatever list I fly. If I feel like I have more influence over the game, I can say, all right, I'm planning on doing this maneuver. Let's go through all the combinations that my opponent can do if I do this. What is their best option if I do this? Rather than thinking the other way around, where if, you know, what is Vader's best option, then what is my best option from there? Mm-hmm. So. It's, I mean, it's, it's, X-Wing is, you know, somewhat of a call and response game where, you know, one person moves up with their ship and then another player moves up with their ship and they then take actions based on what the first ship did. And, you know, in 2.0, it was a bit more obvious on, you know, where that ebb and flow was, where you had that solid uh, first player where one person's ships would move first if it was in, uh, you know, an initiative tire, like an I-5 versus an I-6 sort of situation. Mm-hmm. In 2.5, with the um, road, with the random initiative, it is a bit harder, but in you know, many circumstances, you can still say, all right, you know, this ship's going to be moving first all the time, so that ship is going to be able to have the power to say, all right, I'm going to block off this area, and I'm going to you know, do this action, and I'm going to start trying to you know, fire or block this ship or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's about... Um, you know, control of the game state, and if I think that I've got the upper hand, I'll think about my best moves first. If I think my opponent is uh, better list-wise or situation-wise, I'll go after what my opponent thinks first. Okay, cool. Thank you. That was good. Um, I enjoyed listening to that. Um, and it's it's always interesting to hear the different responses from from different players who are kind of playing at the top level of the game. Um, because everybody's got a slightly different response because obviously everybody's neurologically wired slightly differently. Um, you know, we've we've had people who say, I just try and avoid the worst possible outcome for me. And anything that happens after that is a happy place. Um, and, you know, other people who've been like, yeah, I just create kill boxes and see if they're going to fly into them. And then other people who, you know, are like, yeah, well, figuring out, plotting all of their opponents' moves first before they make their own decisions. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting to hear. Awesome. Thank you, ma'am. That that was great. Um, I think I'm going to start to uh, wrap things up. Um, I've already done my shout-out, so um, shout-out to Andrew again. Uh, he did give me a lovely painted Y-Wing as well for visiting him, so I've got a lovely yellow resistance Y-Wing, um, so I've now got three different colours, so that's awesome. Um, and to, to Chris as well, it was great to go for Chick-fil-A. We went for Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And I said, I don't know what sauce I want. I don't know what they are. So she, the, the girl gave me all of them before they kicked us out into the car park because we dared to arrive just before closing time. Like, literally, what? Takeaways in America close at 10 p.m., Ben. McDonald's and KFC close at 10 p.m. You're like, wait, wait, what? They're open I mean, till like five in the morning in the UK. They close for two hours to clean and then open back they, up again. They for probably the should shut more because we go in drunk. That's true. We've got boxes like, on the door, like door staff at McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely have a different relationship with alcohol in the UK than they do in the States. <laughs> oh, bless Chris. I, I said I said when we were going to meet up, I was like, should we go for a beer afterwards? And Chris was like, can't go for a beer. I was like, but you're at university. You must be able to. He was like, I'm 20. <laughs> oh, <laughs> one, month. Because, like, one month. One month. Nearly there. Like, 
We started going to the pub when we were 14. <laughs> Ordering a pint of Coke because it looked like a dark brown ale. No, no we, used to, we used to drink mild because we didn't know that it was um, such a weak beer. We just thought we were men because we could drink six pints of yeah. it and be a bit drunk. I'll have a mild pint yeah. of mild, please. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's disgusting. It tastes awful. <laughs> I actually bought one not long ago just because I was like, I've got to see how bad it was. And I didn't even finish it. <laughs> yeah, rank. <laughs> yeah, but it was cheap. <laughs> have you any shout outs, Ben? Uh, just just a shout out to um, Connor, who's doing the Get Liam to Worlds thing. Oh, did and we then... talk about that in the last couple of weeks? Cause yeah, I they mentioned it the, a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Um, I just wanted to remind people about it because I, yep. I messaged Connor today because I forgot about it because I'm a useless person. And then there's the, the isoplane initiative as well, isn't there, for people who are wanting to get to Worlds, which isn't something that you need to do anymore, Chris, because now you've got a paid ticket. Yes, I got a lovely message from ISO earlier today saying that um, with great pleasure, I was rejected from the plane. <laughs> <laughs> you can get your own probably budget cheap super economy seat on something with cows over your ears taking you from florida florida to chicago yeah i'll be all right at least you get your accommodation paid for which is cool yes that's cool anybody else ben not that i can think of i'll probably remember later now and feel like an ass <laughs> uh, right chris off you go uh yeah i mean I mean, obviously, I got to shout out Scott and all the lovely folks at Hexile Gaming. Um, they are probably the biggest supporting group that I've got so far, along with my uh, Sarasota group, Viper Squadron, and the Orlando group, uh, Bearded Squadron. Um, they love, you know, cheering me on in the chats and stuff like that. It's, uh, you know, I've, I've got a good, good, uh, solid crew in my corner. Um, and yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to you know keep contributing to X Wing and going around. And uh, all I Rich, do you have a world's invite? No, no. Oh, I don't I'll play enough. I, I don't play enough big tournaments to be honest. I, I play uh, little tournaments, and I don't have the um, I don't have sufficient wife points banked ever in my life to be able to go to worlds unless I want an invite. <laughs> so. Unless I get top four in the one big event a year I get to go to, I'd be having to go to the world's last chance qualifier and she won't countenance me paying all the money to go all the way to America um, and not take her and the kids with me, basically, is the is the long and the short of it. So I don't yeah. think I'm going to be able to do it again. I think I'll get to do it once. I think she'll let me do it maybe next year or possibly the year after if X-Wing's still going because... Um, she knows I really want to go, but I'll need to basically save up my pennies and squirrel them away in a little account somewhere and then have a ta-da moment where I go, look, I've got the money. I can afford it myself. So, <laughs> yeah. Sad, but no, unfortunately. No, I'm, I'm kind of glad I got to go when I did because it was obviously next week was quite, it was um, very big when we went. Like, yeah. It was, it was a great event. Was it the year Ollie one that you went? Yeah, yeah. It, it was, was we went to the me and Tim went to the only worlds for 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> Which is such a weird thing to say. The forever champion of 2.0. Yeah. That technically we've got two forever champions in the UK now. Yeah. Don't know what happened to the first one. Disappeared. Same. Yeah. 
Well, the shop shut, didn't it? So yeah, shop shut, and they stopped playing. So, but Ollie, I think I think Ollie's it's very it. hard when you've with such a young person wins yeah. the biggest thing. It's very hard to carry on from there. And I yeah. know people kind of painted him as a target. You know, it's not in a bad way. It's, you know, someone to beat, and I don't think yeah. he liked it. Yeah, I, I do remember that he had that. Um, that's that. Uh, that that whole you're a name and half of the time it gets you a free win and the other half of the time it really makes your games harder because people are pulling out their A game from the get-go. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, thank you, yeah, Ben. Um, and we'll do the goodbyes. Uh, so it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Chris. Goodbye. And goodbye from Ben. Bye. And we'll speak to you all next week. Cheerio. never did I think a boy like me would be in me when all I really wanted was to have some fun. No one this in my head. I'm telling you one thing. You're number one. See, I don't understand how you're number one. When it was just a fling before, now you're the one. See, all I did was blink twice from my homie.